Isn't that incredible? And I just can't get, I didn't get tired of watching that. I thought her response was the best. <laughs> I, I can identify with that. Wow. That happens because you give. That happens because we give together. But what if we didn't do stuff like that? I mean, that's just an example of what happens here in the Kernersville area, but we're doing stuff like that all over the triad, Oak Ridge, Jamestown, and what happens, though, if we just decide as an organization to go, yeah, that's nice and all, but nah, nah, we're good. What happens if you as an individual decide, yeah, well, that, that's fun and all. I mean, that's, I love stuff like that, but nah, nah, I'm good. What if we just decided to keep to ourselves as a church, as an organization? What if we just decided to, to do church for us? Because unfortunately, most churches, that's exactly what they do. Just do church for us. We, we, we build an organization for us to meet needs for us with stuff we like, with stuff we understand, with stuff that make us feel good and activities that we like to come to and events that we get excited about so that we have a place to hang out together and it's all for us. What if, unfortunately, like so many churches, we did everything for us while the world around us figuratively and in some ways literally just kind of goes to hell? And we're like, what happens? If what you just saw doesn't happen, the quick assumption that most people make individually and organizations make, churches make, the quick assumption is, well, someone else will give. Someone else will give financially to make stuff like that happen. Somehow, God's a big God. God's strong. God's almighty. He's he got this thing wrapped up. And, and if, if I don't, somebody else will. And if we don't, somebody else will. I mean, obviously, other people have. Now, now, now don't get me wrong. We clap. We love to clap. I mean, we clap. I heard you. You were clapping. Right? Now, some of you were clapping because you do give financially. And you're just so excited to be a part of something like that. Others of you are clapping because you don't give and you're hoping to fool everybody. So you're smiling going, oh, yeah. <laughs> praise Jesus, it's so good. Or maybe you're clapping because you don't give and you're saying, yeah, see, they, they don't need me. Look, look what they're doing without me. I love going to a place where I don't have to give and yet great stuff still happens. Man, I love the summit. What happens we just kind of keep to ourselves and say, ah, somebody else will give. That's one of the most short-sighted assumptions you can make because there's such a bigger picture, so much bigger. And I want to show you. I want to show you the bigger picture. I think God helps us see the bigger picture. And before we jump into that, let me tell you that what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, I know it's, it's kind of um, touchy stuff because you're talking about money and giving and, and stuff. But let me just kind of tell you, I've told you this before, but I'll tell you, pay attention to what's going on in the inside of you when we talk about this. Because Jesus was very clear that what you do with money and, and giving and all that is an indicator of what's going on in your heart. So if you're like ticked or you get really frustrated and all that, just don't show it because we'll know. 
We'll know. All right. So just you know, good game face, everybody. All right. But what we're getting ready to talk about in the next few minutes is intuitive. And it's just natural. And I think that what we're going to see, all of us are going to agree with. I don't think there's anyone in here that's going to go, no, I disagree with that. I think every Christian is going to go, yep, you're right. And that's challenging. I even think non-Christians, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I think you're going to hear what we're getting ready to talk about and go, well, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I think that's the way it ought to be. It's the way it should be. Why not? So let's, let's jump into this together. In, in the first century, Paul the Apostle helps us understand what's going on in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where the very first church was started, the very first church in the first century. And we're not quite sure exactly what happened in Jerusalem to cause this scenario, but evidently the church in Jerusalem had a need that was not met, and they could not meet it by themselves. We're not quite sure what the need was, but whatever the need was that had risen, we know that the need could be met financially, but they could not meet it themselves. And we know that because Paul wrote to a group of Christians, brothers and sisters, in, in Corinth, not, not too far, I mean, a good bit of ways, but it's not like a half a world away, in the same region, Corinth, and said, listen, your brothers and sisters, your fellow Christians, your fellow believers, there's a local church in Jerusalem, and the local church in Jerusalem has a need, and you need to help meet it. And I am challenging you to give financially to help meet this need. And when you give, their need will be met. So he made no bones about it, but he did it in a way to help them see the bigger picture. And you and I need to see the bigger picture. So let's look at it together, since I've given you the scenario. Now, Paul starts with an agricultural analogy that immediately would connect with his audience back then. But I think even if you're not a farmer, you can get this. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Okay, makes sense. The seed comes from God, the farmer plants the seed, and then grain grows up, and then they process the grain and make bread, which meets the hunger need in the farmer's life and other people's lives, or benefit from the grain, but it all comes from God. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. What's he saying there? He's saying, just like with the farmer, it is with me and you. That God gives to us so that we can give to others. God gives to us so that we can give. God gives to us and he expects us to give. He provides seed for the farmer, then bread to eat for people. That's the way it works. God takes care of us and provides for us so that we can be generous to others. Then he goes on. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. That's interesting. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just even though he was talking about a specific situation in Jerusalem. He said this is a lifestyle thing. This is just the way it ought to be. So you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Do you know what he's saying here? He's saying everybody wins when people give. Everybody wins when you're generous. Everybody wins. God provides for you, number one, you win. And then you give, and the needs of other people are met through your giving. They win. And then as a result, they realize that God has provided for them through you, because that's how God gives to people. He gives through us, through each other. That, that God has provided for us through the gifts of our brothers and sisters, and then the mission of God is advanced, and they praise God. God wins. 
That's what you call right there a win, win, win. Nobody loses. Everybody wins when you give. Now, okay, I know some of you are already thinking, well, okay, okay, I'm tracking with you now. I, now, listen, I don't give financially, but I give my time. Well, that's nice, but that's not what this is talking about. Well, you know what? I, I don't give financially, but you know, I, I, I give my prayers. That's great, fantastic. That's not what this is talking about. Well, I give in spirit. <laughs> are you serious? Christians, crack me up how we do that. You ever tried to pay your power bill in spirit? You're going to sit in the dang dark. <laughs> Tell your wife you love her in spirit. You're going to be divorced. Okay? It's amazing how we make up stuff to kind of lighten the responsibility. So let's just not do that. He's talking about giving financially. And there's one more thing, one more thing that Paul points out that, oh man, I understand why I was never taught this growing up in church. I understand what we're getting ready to see together was kind of skimmed over because it's convicting. Check this out. Paul says, for your generosity to them in Jerusalem and all the believers, okay, will prove. Your financial giving will prove something. What will it prove? Well, that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Let that sink in a second. Your giving will prove, will serve as evidence that you are following Jesus. Now, Pastor, are you telling me that if I don't give, I'm not a real Christian? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, exactly what Paul said, that your giving will give evidence to the fact that you are actively following Jesus, that you just don't say it, you display it. It's not just something that, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a, right? Hmm. It will prove, it will give evidence to the fact that you follow Jesus. Jesus, how you give. See, it's a big deal. It's a bigger deal than most of us understand. So what's Paul saying here? What, what's the point? I think you could summarize it like this. What Paul wanted them to understand, the bigger picture, is that being generous helps all of us. Being generous helps all of us. Let that sink in. God provides for you. You win. You give and other people's needs are provided for. They win. God's mission is forwarded and people give praise to God. God wins. It is a win, win, win. Being generous helps all of us. There are no known downsides to giving. There are no known downsides to generosity. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, but what about my needs? What about, okay, I get it, I get it. You got stuff going on. I understand you have needs. We'll get there. Just, just hold on. But just know right now, there are no downsides. Kind of makes you wonder why people don't give. Yes, they should. And so what if, what if we look to this thing of giving and honoring God financially and go, I hear you, but nah, I'm good. What happens if we stiff arm that and we go, yeah, somebody else will give in my place. Yeah, I wish I could. God knows my heart. I give in spirit. Yeah, wait, no, no, no. I'm good. What happens if we don't give? What happens when we don't give? Or, or for some of us, what happens since we don't give? Two things. Number one, we neglect who we are. We neglect who we are. 
We're inconsistent. We're being inconsistent. We're living inconsistently with who we are. When we go, nah, I'm good to giving. So what do you mean by that? Well, because you, you're a Christian. You call yourself a Christian. Well, yeah, so what's your point? Your point is, you call yourself a Christian, you identify as a child of God, an offspring of the divine. And God, your heavenly father, is a giver. There's no denying that. You call yourself a follower of Jesus. Yeah, what's your point? As a follower of Jesus, it means we don't just believe stuff about Jesus. We actually follow his example and we do as he did and we live as he lived. And there's no denying the fact that Jesus set the standard, the gold standard, the platinum standard, however you want to say it. He set the example supremely for living a life of giving to others. He's out giving you. He gave his life. Some of you would rather give your life than give financially. But you're not being called to do that. You're being called to follow his example. And when we don't, we neglect who we are as children of God and as followers of Jesus because God gives. His son Jesus gives. And you and I are recipients of all the things we have. You need to know that. Everything you have, you have been given. No, I earned it. Well, who gave you the energy to earn it? Who gave you the ability to have a mind, to be able to have a job, to earn a paycheck? That all comes from God. Ultimately, everything you call yours belongs to God. Get that. Let that sink in. Everything we have, we have been given ultimately by God. So it's only natural that we give. Wrestle with that a little bit. Everything you have, you've been given. So it's only natural that you give. He is the source of all things. Ultimately, the source. So our job is to resource from the source. Our job is to resource from the source. Or, we just put it like this. We give because he gives. We give because he gives. Why do you give? Well, we give because he gives. And that's how God gives. God gives through us. I want you to get that. Let that sink in. God gives through us. God meets needs through our giving. It's part of what it means to share the love of Jesus. Is to give financially. As children of God and followers of Jesus, giving is just who we are and what we do. It's who we are and what we do. It's who we are and what we do. Why do you give? Well, it's who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus gave, so I give. And it's what we do. It's followers of Jesus. That's just what we do. And for a follower of Jesus to not give, wait a second, something's not right with that. You're being inconsistent to who you are. I don't, I don't think you want to live a double life. I don't want to live a double life, especially spiritually. So what happens if you don't? What happens if you're like, no, nah, I'm good. Then you neglect who you are. And secondly, needs go unnecessarily unmet. When you and I stiff arm this whole thing of giving, there are needs that we were meant to be a part of meeting that go unmet. Now listen, I'm a realist. 
Okay, I don't do drama. I don't like dramatic statements. Even big statements. If they're big statements, some things are big, but it better be big if it's a big statement. Don't be dramatic with me. I don't like drama. And I know drama. I've had two teenage daughters. Okay? <laughs> this is like the worst day ever. Well, worse than yesterday? Because yesterday was the worst day ever, too. Right? That, I enjoyed saying that. It was a proud moment as a father. No, it didn't go so well. I don't do drama. All right? So I, I'm, I'm not into all, you know, just don't, don't exaggerate. So I'm being very real and, and honest. When I tell you, I get it. We can't meet all the needs. You're saying needs go unnecessarily unmet. You expect us to meet all the needs. Do you know how big the world is? Preacher man. But pastor, do you know how big the triad is? Do you know how many needs? I mean, about the time you meet a need and move on to the next need, there's another need that popped up that wasn't there 30 minutes ago. Now there's another need. There is an unending series, infinite series of needs. We're supposed to meet. You're saying we're, all the needs go unmet. I didn't say all the needs. But many more needs than we're meeting are unnecessarily unmet. When, if, or since you don't give, we can't meet the needs that God has specifically determined for us to meet. I believe there are certain needs in the triad that God wants us to meet as a summit. God's positioned us because it's just, just who we are. He's positioned us, and we can meet them if we give. And if we don't give, it's not that there's another church down the road because there's a lot of churches that just exist for themselves, unfortunately. They have yet to catch the vision of what it means to be a giving church. And I think there's a lot of needs that just won't get met if we don't meet it. That God has equipped us to do it. And God has equipped you to give and me to give and us to give together through the local church. By the way, the local church is God's system for meeting needs in the community. It is God's primary, not his only, but his primary system. It's a genius system, how you get all the brothers and sisters together and they honor God individually, financially, so that the local church can honor God by meeting needs in the community. I have yet to see a church where the people honor God financially who is not able to meet the needs in their community that arise. Not all the needs, but many more needs than you can imagine. I've yet to see it. But I have seen many times where there's needs in the community pop up. And there's a heart of people in a local church who want to meet that need and they don't have the resources to do it because the people are not. Let me go back. Let me go back to that verse. It proves that you are obedient. Obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. So logically, let's do a little deductive reasoning here. If giving proves that we are obedient to what God has called us to do as individuals and as a church, what does not giving prove? That we are disobedient to what God has called us to individually and as a local church. Those are Paul's words, not mine. Imagine, imagine what we could do together. No, we can't meet all the needs, but doesn't mean we can't meet the needs we're supposed to meet. Now, when you talk about meeting needs, a couple of challenges occur. And one of them is personal, and one of them is a little bit bigger. The personal challenge that we face as human beings is, hey, but I've got needs. What about my needs? What about my needs? My needs get in the way, often, for me trying to get a vision for how we are to meet you know, the needs around us. And so, what about my needs? What if I don't have enough? If I give, I'm afraid that I won't have enough. 
That's a legitimate fear as a human being. But please understand this. Enough is God's job. Being generous is our job. That's who we are. It's what we do. We're followers of Jesus. We're children of God. Making sure you are provided for and that you have enough is God's job. He has said it's his job. He says, I provide seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. That's the way I've set it up. I'll take care of you. You give. And the more you give, the more I'm going to take care of you so that you can always be generous. Enough is God's job. Being generous is our job. So if you're distracted right now with what about my needs? What about my needs? I get it. We have legitimate needs. But I can tell you from personal experience, every time I've had a need, it's been met. Every time I've had a legitimate need, it's been met. And in fact, most of us will not just have our needs met, we will have more than enough of our needs met. Most of you in this room and most of you watching online, most of us will not just have enough, we already have more than enough. We're already in a great position. We're already in a great position to be generous because God's already taken care of us so much. So don't, don't get distracted with my need. The other thing that's a challenge is not just my need, but it's the need, like the need. Like, oh my goodness, the world is a big place. My giving, okay, see here, preacher man, this is where, this is where you're losing it, okay? Because see, you don't know how much I make. You don't know how much I, I can give. Even if I gave more than I'm giving right now, even if I gave everything I have, my giving's not gonna make that much of a difference. I mean, it's a big world out there. I mean, you're telling, okay, I, so here's what we do. Because we can't meet all the need, we choose to give little or nothing. That's what people do. I see it all the time. Well, it's just, I just can't, I just, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And so we get distracted by the need and do little or nothing. Here's the truth. Everybody can give somehow, some way, something. Everybody can give somehow, some way, something. And I'm talking financially. And then together, and then together, we can do amazing things through the local church. Let me say it like this. Your giving can't, but our giving can. Your giving can't meet all those needs, but our giving can. Can what? Can go halfway across the world. This is what our giving can do that your giving can't do, probably. Halfway across the world in West Africa in a country called Burkina Faso, where we've been working for close to 10 years now, we can build wells. Not just one. Not just two, but we've been a part of building over 500 wells to completely change the center part of that country. And you build a well, you can build schools. You build a well, you can build schools, and we're building churches. And people are not just experiencing physical water that gives them life. We're able to give them spiritually an introduction to the water of life. And you call it cheesy if you want. That's the way it works. One out of every three kids don't live past the age of 10. I can't do anything about that personally with my giving. I can't, I can't, I can't stop that statistic. But we together can put a big dent in that. And we have. And we'll continue to do so. Now, now there may be a couple of you here that single-handedly could wipe that problem out in the whole country of Burkina. If, if you're able to do that, I haven't met you yet. 
But hi, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> nice to meet you. Let's have a little chat. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. You say, well, that's around the world. That's great and all. That, that's great. But okay, no, no, let's bring it home. The people that you drive by in Forsyth County, the city of Winston, let's take that for an example, that stand on the corners, hold up signs. You drive by them. You feel guilty. You try not to make eye contact. I, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I know the drill. Do you know that as a church, we help make it possible that they all have the potential to having a warm, dry, cool place, whatever needed, to sleep at night with a meal? I, I can't do that by myself. That's overwhelming to me. I mean, I, and you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. I mean, there may be one or two here that could do that, but you're, if you can, you're not. So, but together, we make it possible for hundreds of people to have food and shelter. You can't, but we can. I doubt there's very few people here that can just go to local schools and say, what do you need? What do you need? Matter of fact, it doesn't matter what you need. Here are tens of thousands of dollars. Use it for whatever you need. Don't, don't wait on the school system and the red tape and all of the stuff in the you know, state government. I know that just takes a long time, but you have needs right now. Kids that need help, families that need help, and you're trying to educate them and love on them and do all of this stuff and provide stability for them. Here's tens of thousands of dollars. Go, do it. Be the best you can be. No strings attached. We love you. We think Jesus would do this kind of stuff if he were here, and we're here representing him. So here. He said, no, I can't do that. Well, we just did. Together. Together. Your giving can't, but... Our giving can. That ought to inspire you. It ought to motivate you. The power of we, the empowering power of we, and you think that's something? Just imagine. You say, well, that's awesome. See, I love going to a place where I don't have to give and they still do all this great. No, imagine if all of you that are thinking that, that don't give, start obeying becoming obedient to the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. If, if you start being who you are, Imagine the needs that are unnecessarily unmet that we could meet. Not for my name, not for your name, not for our name. <laughs> Jesus said, I want you to do good works so that people will then ultimately glorify your Father in heaven. That's the idea here. It's bigger than just meeting needs because every need you meet will need to be met probably again later or there'll be another one. Okay? Ultimately, the big picture is helping them get to know the great love of our Heavenly Father through our giving. Again, being generous helps all of us. God provides for you, you win. You give and other people's needs are met, they win. And, and then they realize, oh my goodness, not only are my needs met, but, the, but, but I thank God. God wins and his mission is advanced. It's a win, win, win. But it's up to us. What are we going to do? Are we going to embrace this or are we going to stiff arm it? I want to go back to how I started last week when I shared with you the quote from my friend who pastors a church in Kentucky, my friend Trevor, when he said, we're not praying for a move of God. We are the move of God. We just need to move. 
We just need to move. And when you give, you make a move. And when we give, we move. And when we give, God moves. So join us. Join us. I want to leave you with a question. Warning, this is a convicting question. Because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be worth asking. You're going to wrestle with this. And it's a good thing. I'm wrestling with it. You might want to take a picture of it. Or it may be just so sticky you're like, I won't forget it. Here's a question. If everyone was as generous as me, how generous would we be? Hey, that rhymes. I didn't remember it. If everyone was as generous as me, how generous would we be? Oh, here you go again. Pastor, listen, you're trying to make me feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just asking you a question. I'm asking you to consider this question. Just an honest question. Well, you don't understand how much we don't have. You don't understand. I don't have, whoa, 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 stop right there. I get it. We all have different amounts. This is not about the amount. This is not about the amount you have or right now the amount you give. This is the mindset. This is about a mindset, not about an amount. And if your mindset gets right, the amount will take care of itself. I want to say that again. Listen very carefully. Let this sink in. This is not about an amount. This is about a mindset. Generosity starts with an attitude, with a perspective, with a mindset. With, it's a heart thing. And if you get the mind and the heart right, the amount will take care of itself. You'll know what you should give. And you'll give it. Because your mind and heart are in the right place. Yeah. He said, well, I don't want to give it until my mind and heart are in the right place. That may take me a while. Sounds like you need to make a choice. If everyone was as generous as me, how generous would we be? This is not about how much you have. It's about what you do with what you have. We all have different amounts. But this is what Jesus said. For those of us that have convinced ourselves we have very little, Jesus said, if you won't be faithful with a little... What makes you think the Heavenly Father is going to entrust you with more? You think God would entrust you with more to be unfaithful with? Now, that's a bad business move for God. So if you want more, if you, because some people are thinking, well, I want to be generous. I have a generous heart. I just don't have generous finances yet. I, I, I intend to, and one day when I make more money, I'll be generous. With that attitude, you know you won't. No, you won't. Because it's a mindset. It starts with a mindset. It starts with what you have. And what you do with what you already have. Not what you intend to do one day when you have more. It's a mindset. You get the mindset right. The amount will take care of itself. I believe with all my heart that if we get our mindset right, you'll know what to do. You'll know what to do. You're a follower of Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Who will direct you. And how you should give. Well, the Holy Spirit inside of me is saying, I ain't got to give. I don't know what Holy Spirit you got inside of you. But you, you, don't, you don't have the Spirit of Jesus. Because the Spirit of Jesus says, let's be obedient to the good news of what we're called to. And let's honor our Heavenly Father together. It helps all of us. You can't, but we can Here's what I want to do.
I want to pray for you. I want to give you the opportunity to join me and pray for yourself. And let's together ask God to help us live a life of generosity, starting where we are with what we have now and see what God can do. Our Father, I know just what a touchy subject this is. I get it. But you tell us that it's an indicator. It's always an indicator of what's going on in our hearts, how we respond to this. So help me, help us to look inside and realize the work you want to do in us. And we are your children. We are followers of your son. And we are recipients of all the things we have. So it's only natural. It only makes sense that we would live a lifestyle of generosity. And we would depend on you to meet our needs while we generously gave to help meet the needs of others. And that you actually meet other people's needs through us as we give through the local church. Amazing things happen. And you bless us and other people are blessed and your name is blessed. It's a win-win-win. May needs in our community not go unnecessarily unmet because we don't give. May we never take a nah, I'm good approach to one of the most defining characteristics of who you are and who you've called us to be. And help us to know that everybody wins and helps all of us when we individually honor you and become obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.